Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversations. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion. And throughout our career as songwriters and producers, we've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible rising artists. Talking Lion is about hitting record on the conversations we've had with our musical friends and collaborators to get a glimpse into what their life's been like and where it's going. A few reminders before we start. Firstly, we now have a Patreon for fans of the show to show their support and help keep the show going. As a Patreon subscriber, not only will you earn rewards, but you'll also gain exclusive access to a chat room in our Discord server. Here you can talk with us and even suggest questions for our guests. Go to patreon.com slash talkinglion to subscribe. We appreciate your support. As we mentioned, we also have a Discord server that's become a sort of community hub for Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. We're very active on there and very eager to talk to you about who you are on the show and how you feel about the new episodes, as well as just talking about life. So yeah, come through and you can talk with us. You can make some new friends, share your art, and share your memes. Go to sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord to join our server. We hope to see you there. Lastly, our face is on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, Buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website, sleepinglionmusic.com slash store. Pro tip, Patreon supporters of the honorary lion tier or higher will get a free shirt. Now back to the show. Trigger warning for this episode. Though we don't talk in depth about it, we do touch on topics of body dysmorphia, eating disorders, and addiction. If you or anybody you're listening with find these topics triggering, we encourage you to skip this episode and listen to an earlier or later episode. We respect and support your mental health and your peace of mind. We recorded this episode with our good friend, Emlyn. We operated in pretty similar circles with Emlyn for a while, but we actually didn't really meet her until the pandemic. Yeah, the first time we hung out, we all uh, shared our music with each other and it was a really, really great experience. I met her prior to that at a Grammy party, but we were both too drunk to remember. <laughs> She's an incredible songwriter with an EP on the way that we're really, really excited for. We got to listen to it early and it absolutely blew our minds. She's one of our favorite writers and favorite people and her dog, Banana, is adorable. Go follow Banana Loves Peanut Butter on Instagram. So, without further ado. I'm Emlyn and this is Talking Lion. Oh, hey. Hello. Hi. How are you guys doing? How's it going? Oh, it's good. It's good. Just <laughs> another day in quarantine. You, you've become a good friend of ours in this quarantine. So that's that's the long and short of it. I you know, know there's been great things about quarantine and and not so great things. And one of the one of the great things has been like having a pot of people that I love and get along with really well. It's been like it's been it's been an upside for sure. Well, I think about how like everybody I care about in my like immediate LA experience, I kind of met as a direct result of the pandemic, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, so it's like, that's a complicated feeling. Like, I would, I wish we could reverse time and, and get rid of all of the economic problems and the death and everything that came around to it. But also, you know, I am so, so grateful. There's a, there's a underlying gratitude to, to like you know, amidst all of this, that there was still like love and friendship. Yeah, I think that, it's a testament to the human spirit. The that, human like, spirit. I, that, yeah. that I think, you know, every, everyone managed to find the the silver lining in a really bad situation because we didn't really have another choice. I also think in general, like human beings tend to prevail in the face of obstacles in like a really beautiful kind of like complex way. Like whenever yeah. stuff gets really bad, I think people 
obviously we adapt, but we also like, we find a way to find beauty in everything. I certainly have experienced that at least. I always feel like we human beings like will always seek comfort. Yeah. Like I, I think that's something you could almost always rely on. So right. we we always like, you know, when this first happened, it was extremely uncomfortable to not, to to change our entire way of living in a city or whatever. But I think I think a lot of people, unfortunately, that that's worked in, in the opposite direction of people not taking this seriously and and not refu- like not making the sacrifices necessary to to stop this thing. Right. But on the other side, I think it's led to us reaching out to the people that we care about mm-hmm. and maintaining connections and finding that kind of comfort in in a different kind of direction if that makes sense. Yeah, you know? I completely agree. Well, I've I've always thought this that the double-edged sword of the human experience is that we adapt to everything. Right. Right. Like, you know, that that means that if a situation is really bad, we will find a way to thrive in it. But it also means like, you know, we just get used to everything. Like no matter what our circumstance is, it always levels out, which from a mental health perspective can mean like no matter how good your external circumstances get, your internal world will always be whatever you're wrestling with. Like it cuts both ways. Right, and, like, and, and, and and you can even uh, like accept terrible situations and not right. try to actively change them. Exactly. I was just you know, like, thinking the other day, like if somebody had told me right at the beginning of the pandemic how long it would last, what the effects would be, how many people would die, like all these horrible things. I don't think my brain would have been able to like handle it. Like I think I would have had a full on like meltdown and it's just proof that like, I mean, obviously just over time you, as things change, you just, you do, you adapt. Like I don't think I would have been able to manage it. I think our ability to to like accept a situation has led to either a people still just not wearing masks and doing like being ridiculous about it. But also B, like, I feel like we need to be like, I feel like we all should have been angrier (laughs) at like, you know, the administration and and, and the, the system that sort of set that up. I mean, we were angry enough to, to flip, you know, to like win the election. Right. But not by, but not by a lot. (laughs) Not by enough. You know, like, I I feel like, I feel like we could have been as a collective society angrier. I think we're a product of like what, what we're seeing around us though. I like, I noticed that for sure like traveling I wasn't I traveled safely and actually drove to Nashville in the middle of the pandemic and just the difference in like how people are living in Nashville versus LA like it's just a reality of like what they're experiencing around them and like you know in LA it's like the epicenter of COVID so you walk outside and like you will not find somebody not wearing a mask like everyone's wearing masks in Nashville it was a lot different just because the normal there was just different than it is here. And I think people kind of just like accept sort of what they're seeing around them. Right. There was this like kind of epiphany that I had when I was in New York. I I, I really didn't want to travel, but I I had to, it'd been a year since I seen my family. There were reasons I had to go back Mm. and and it was all safe. Like I I actually wore a face shield and two masks and took a test before uh, leaving and then quarantined for 14 days in New York and, and took another test on the other side of it. So, and nobody in my experience was, got sick. I'm very, very grateful for that. But one of the things that kind of like hit me while I was in New York was that like, I had this, this anger in me, you know, I had this like deep, deep resentment for all the people who were throwing parties and all the, the, the people who were still playing shows, you know, and I understand that I'm somewhat on that hypocritical spectrum because I did travel, but like, I was just getting so angry at everybody who kind of like exacerbated this thing by going to restaurants and everything like that too. Yeah. And, 
And then it kind of hit me that I can, I can look at this from like a place of anger of like people are stupid and people are selfish and that, that could be true. Mm -hmm. But what could also be true in parallel is that we all really love each other. That we all, that we all love seeing shows and we all love experiencing culture and we all love seeing our friends that we, we make these, these stupid decisions, you know, maybe out of stupidity, but also maybe, and maybe out of selfishness, but also maybe out of love, you know, and desire like like to connect with people just in general. Yeah. It's very, and I feel like, uh, yeah, it's it, like I feel like this is just a very human reaction to yeah. something that we couldn't fully. Yeah, I think, and grasp. that's the thing. I think yeah. at the end of the day, the thing that we can all agree on is that this sucks. Yeah, like, yeah. we're all having different reactions to it. We're all making different decisions. We all have different thresholds right. for what our risk factor is. Yeah, but everyone's going through the same thing in a way that is is not to use at this point the word has become trite, but in, it is an unprecedented how right. unifying this experience is right. for the global community. Hundred percent. So yeah, you know, it's 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 really it's really complicated. But but I'm glad at at the end of it, here's you know just what we were talking about that there are friendships that wouldn't exist, you know, and and and, oh, yeah. and life moves how it moves, you know, and we're all very lucky and very grateful. Um, but also, uh, once you put on your own mask, I feel like we've all you know tried to find ways to be helpful right. and help other people as well in this too. I, I hope even this one, this little piece of escapism allows mm-hmm. you to, uh, <laughs> dear listener, to, uh, yeah. to to find solace. But it's interesting because, you know, kind of diving into it, like we knew of you for a while. Right. Oh um, <laughs> we, because we wrote with Haley Knox. I knew Haley since I was a teenager because we um, would play the same open mics, though we no had never way. met. We would just always be on the same, like, I didn't know that. We talked about in the same sort of circles. People would keep mentioning her to me, like, oh, do you know this other person from from Westchester? Right. And I knew that she was super talented, um, but also I I was a little older, so I kind of, like, I didn't want to just, like, reach out out of the blue. Mm -hmm. I also wasn't songwriting. I was just doing the artist thing, so I didn't quite understand that layer of it. Um, Yeah. And then I went to one of her live shows I also met Peter Zizzo there. Oh, yeah. Who, crazy enough, he had been like a music partner with like the guy who recorded my first EP when I was in eighth grade. Like one of those crazy kind of yeah. things. But yeah, you know, so when we finally started working with Haley and we we wrote um, Red Eye, like Peter and Haley, this just kept bringing up Maggie. They kept bringing up Maggie. Everybody's <laughs> talking about Maggie. And, I, and we're like, <laughs> Who's Maggie? And I, you know, the Emlyn, she's awesome. And I'm like, that's awesome. And I, I you know, I loved Hardwired. Oh, thank right. you. You know, that was the song on that record. Thank you, you know, that was such a special experience writing with her. Like, she's, she's such a musician and she's in the just truest, a ball of, yeah. a ball of light. She's just, yeah, she's literally, she's just music. She just breathes she it. Like, it just comes out it. of her in yeah. the most fluid way of literally anyone I've ever come into contact same, with. I've said that like write, writing with Haley Knox is is not creation, it's curation. Yes, yeah. Like she will come great, up with like yeah. eight like good, proper, yeah. could sell a bunch of records hook in like, 
in like two minutes. Like by accident. And you just pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by, by accident. accident. You just, just gotta like pick the one. You know, know. Like, she would, her, or just her brain works so fast. She's like, wait, 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 slow down, slow down. You, I, I need to like unpack just the last thirty seconds of what you just sang. I know like we a, had to slow down minutes. a lot. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah, I think she would. She would agree with you about the curation versus creation thing because, um, she brought that hook of hardwired like. Hardwired. She she just played that and I was like I'm sorry like is that a is that a song she was like no it's just like something I came up with and I was like well it's about to be <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that um, and and she was going through some stuff during the time and the fact that we were really close friends and on just such a deep level allowed for us to get really real about some stuff that was happening in her life and write lyrics that she really connected to um, just like on the floor of her hotel room eating like food from the mini bar <laughs> so it was it was really special I mean that song is like really moving and it's just her through and through and I just asked questions and got, tried to get to the the bottom of what she wanted to say um and so was born the song I mean and, th- and that was you know like uh, that was our first sort of understanding of you as a as a songwriter I think I'm, I'm actually just having a memory now that I think when you when you mentioned the hotel mm. I think we drove her to the hotel was like, it was it the like, Grafton on Sunset? Did it have like a green awning? I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably that's probably probably it. Yeah. I think we that's like it. drove her to see you and we still didn't know who you were. Like Aww. it was just and, and and that's the thing too, is a couple of years passed. Right. And then Kira is like, Yeah, my friend Maggie, <laughs> like I'm like Maggie. Why does sounds wh- so why familiar? Why does that sound familiar? It's like we, had, know, we like- had so many almost run-ins and through people because I heard about you guys too, like <laughs> so many different times. I think that we even like met at like a party one time, very briefly in passing, and I just like oh, I, I was very drunk. I, no, 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 no. I was very drunk. No, 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 no. Uh, I was very drunk. <laughs> because because after we hung out with Kira, I remember I te- you texted me because we like exchanged phone numbers and I like went and saw my text that you had texted me your name. And I was like, your name? Like when, when did he text? How did I have this phone number? And then I realized <laughs> it was when we were both drunk and you were like, we have to connect. And I was like, totally. But everyone's like sloshed at those parties. So <laughs> it was, it was like friends and family or something like that. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, one of those like one of those ones. like grand like Grammy warehouse, parties or whatever. Yeah, warehouse Grammy yeah. parties. Yeah, you're like yeah, I'm, I'm Maggie like uh, uh like Emlyn. I'm like wait wait, wait like Haley like Haley's like Haley's Maggie like yeah let's here's my the phones yes. let's connect uh, phones, and then yes. I'm like I I forgot and so then when when we like reconnected with uh, with Kira. I like texted you. I asked you your number. I texted you, and uh, and then like other texts popped I know. up. <laughs> I was like, shoot. I, I've never been to one of these parties, but it seems like from context clues and from stories that I've heard that you go in, you get sloshed, yeah, you black out, and then you wake up with fifty new contacts. You, on your phone. Yes, but, yes, you but go like, in. Like the con- yeah, the contacts are but the contacts are like platinum record. Right. No, it's like <laughs> it's, it's a huge event. It's a but crazy, the problem is that no one's incubator. sober enough to like process it. And like you, my experience is like you go in, you get sloshed, you like <laughs> run into people, like again, really important people that like you should be sober when you interact with. And then you like get all their information and then you forget about it the next day. And you're like, oh wait, I met blah, blah, blah at that party. I'm remembering now there was, to get to the main room, there was this very small, like a, a door that was smaller than it needed to be to let the number of people pass. Right, so there was right, almost right. like a, like a, grid, like a, a gridlock. Neck. 
eat like a bottlenecking yeah. into this it's into this main room, it's horrible. which is where the open bar was. Right. Uh, well, one of one of the many open bars. Right, right, right. And I was with. I had just met Jackson and Emma from Loot, and I see you and you were with somebody who I, I was vaguely aware you were you had written some stuff with, and and that's how I kind of recognized that it was like you. I was just like you're you're Haley's you're you. Maggie, and you're like and you're like hello, and I'm like I'm I'm sleeping lion boy. I probably and then, was like, like oh hello, and then yeah, I was like I, I, all over the place. Amazing. But anyway. I love that. That's a that's an LA. That that's is an LA, an LA story. experience. But you know, Haley, Kira, extremely talented folks. You're extremely talented. Oh my god. Where gosh. are you from? Thank you. Um, I was one of the few born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Ooh, which whoa. I'm told makes me a unicorn. I I didn't know what that meant, but every time I tell people, they're like, "You're a unicorn," and I'm like, "All right." I'll take it. I was born and raised there. My my dad's a musician, so my mom and my dad moved there for my dad's music. And then they had me and my brother. And I was there actually until I was 13. And then I moved up north to the northeast. Um, and I did my eighth grade year at like a local elementary school. And then I went to a boarding school for high school. Where in the northeast? In New Hampshire. Oh, oh gotcha. New Hampshire. I know. New Hampshire. Interesting. <laughs> yes, yes. I went to um, a boarding school that was literally like an athletic boarding school. I don't really know how I ended up there besides the fact that it's just a great school. How was that cultural transition from like Tennessee, like the South, to <laughs> New England boarding school? At the time, I wasn't. I wasn't enjoying my experience socially at my school in Nashville that I was just so ready to try something new. Oh, um, okay. So I wasn't, I don't think I was able to grasp the culture shock per se, but I was still doing music or trying to, I hadn't really figured out what I needed to do to do music, but I would fly back and forth from Nashville to New Hampshire because my parents are divorced and my dad, like I would visit my dad. And so I was still kind of doing like writer's nights and like open mic nights in Nashville while I was like at boarding school. It felt very Hannah Montana for the age. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'll, that'll definitely do that. it. Yeah. What did your dad do musically? Um, and also is your brother musical? Yes. He's my brother. My brother is musical. My dad is a drummer. He's a session drummer for a long time. And then he played on the road with like a bunch of um, country people that you probably would know, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and he produces a little bit, but he's just like a phenomenal drummer. And my brother is like a multi-instrumentalist. He plays everything. And he's like the reason that I picked up any instrument and decided that I was going to do it. He's like, he does it more like for fun. He has, he has an amazing band. It's actually, he has a ska band and he has like a jam, nice. a jam you band. You want to shout it out? <laughs> yeah. Sonic Libido is his, is his ska band. Um, <laughs> check <Incredible>. it out. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, he's phenomenal. I mean, he's just like, so talented on every instrument you can pick up anything and play anything it's something i definitely don't have but inspired me for sure yeah i was around music now, were, were you were you involved with the people in nashville like we like our first sort of like music trip was to nashville and that was we kind of met like fangs and our lamar and oh yeah um chris marniago like that yeah no side of like the nashville crew my experience in nashville growing up was very much that of like just a girl who lived in Nashville. I was trying to get my bearings with like people and connections and stuff, but mostly by doing that, it was just by like playing open mic nights. And I was a part of Nashville Songwriters Association, which would do, um, they would do like nights where you would just meet and make connections with people. So there's a few people that I'm still close with that I met really when I was young. But for the most part, I've kind of reintroduced myself to Nashville over the last mm. few years because my A&R um, that signed me to my publishing deal is based in Nashville. So I go back 
back and forth now quite a bit and um, have had, I've started kind of like uh, building relationships more in my later life. We've gotten excited every time you come back from Nashville because you always have new demos. Right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that's oh, <laughs> and that little small thing called my producer lives in Nashville and I do my right. entire no, artist project in Nashville. Also, wait, speaking of, of, of being a growing up musician in Nashville, did you ever play the kids open mic at Two Old Hippies? Um, you know, I went to o- open mics there, but I never played it. But yeah, see, that, that, that was when, when I was on my yeah the infamous children's open mic at Old Hippies. I I think I played like one like during the middle of the day when I went on like a, I was touring oh Belmont, gosh. which was like my second like my <laughs> my ultimate or no it wasn't even Belmont because I didn't want to go to Belmont. It was at MTSU. MTSU had a really good engineering program, yes, and that was like super duper safety school if like everything hits the fan. That's where my friend um, went. Actually, she did engineering at. MTSU. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly it has one of the highest employment rates for audio engineers. Yeah. Like, it's a really good school if you want to just do the engineering thing in Nashville. <laughs> Film. Yeah, it's so um, good. But I, I went That's to, so the, funny. on my one trip to Nashville, I went to like two old hippies and played a little open mic and I got to go to a writer's round at the Bluebird Cafe. Oh my just, gosh. I like, got to like see a little bit of that world. What and, what a really really what cool. a weird like it's so crazy because that's just like the Bluebird Cafe is in like Green Hills which is like a part of Nashville that you just like drive through if you're like going to the mall if you grew up there I would always drive by the Bluebird <laughs> and like there's a line like down the street because you have right. to like win the lottery basically to get in because it's yeah. like, it's a small venue it's tiny it's tiny it's a cafe it's basically so small yeah but it's so infamous that everybody's trying to go so it's funny just to see people like in line at this like in this bougie town Green Hills <laughs> like trying to get into this cafe it's so weird it, right. but it's like so Whereas for me I think I think I can't remember the timeline necessarily but I think I was watching the show Nashville at the time <laughs> which was using the Blue- Bluebird Cafe as a set like oh. a huge part of that show takes place in the Bluebird like a bunch uh-huh. of characters are are way you know like you know oh, doing know. service jobs at the Bluebird I were I there, during when Nashville was filming the show, I probably ran into six different people on the cast at different points. I don't Amazing. know what That's it awesome. was with like fate and me ending up at the exact same meet, places. Did you meet Connie Britton and or a, a very young Lennon Stella? I have met Lennon on different occasions, but not right. Connie Britton. <laughs> I met like Charles That's Esten. I met like the girl that played Scarlet on a on a right. hike oh, one time. Great. Yeah. She's great. Oh my God, so good. They're, all of them are so talented. But I just kept yeah. running into into them at like cafes and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, really? This is this like the new LA now? But anyway, <laughs> it was it was fun. But yeah. I, I feel that my, my, my hometown, uh little Dobbs Ferry, New York, uh, they they shoot like a lot of like the the sort of Rivertown, New York suburb mm-hmm. like movies and shows there. So Jesse Eisenberg was there once. Right. The leftovers of the whole first season there. I'm a huge fan of uh, the leftovers. Oh my so. gosh. I'm like Matt's church was right across from the bagel shop. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Um, so that's 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 awesome. When did you get to LA? When did you make that move? It was it was quite the trip. I've somehow managed to hit every like major music city by accident, having like grown up huh. in Nashville and then I went to a boarding school, sort of like a detour in my mind, although I used a lot of my time at at my boarding school to like practice writing by myself because again not much of a social life so I would just like lock myself in (laughs) practice rooms and like figure out how to play songs and write songs Um, and then I went to college in New York City at the school called the new school um, which I yeah yeah, and I chose the new school like I was choosing between Berkeley College of Music and the new school and I I really chose it because my I'm just like a very independent brain person and I was like I want to be in a city where I can kind of make opportunity for myself Mm -hmm. and I loved New York so I was like 
that's where I'm going. I mean, and you're right off Union Square. Like that was my favorite place yeah. in the world to be. Yeah, it's a good little neighborhood. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. It's that was really it was popping. <laughs> I didn't have like my school was so weird because it didn't have Greek life. It wasn't your typical like college experience. It was just a bunch of people like kind of doing their own thing, trying their best, and like. But it was <laughs> it was so fun. I mean, to be a to be an 18, 19 year old in New York City, like figuring out life and trying to go to shows and it was just it was a blast but anyway we joke that um berkeley doesn't have fraternities or sororities they have acapella groups yeah <laughs> i've heard that actually <laughs> the closest you're gonna get <laughs> that's amazing um, um, or um, ultimate frisbee team. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we didn't have sports at all but um what it, this, it's a weird scenario but basically what happened was i had a i was putting music out as maggie peak which is my name also um it was like coffee house hi, music maggie yeah hi nice, nice to meet you <laughs> re-meet you <laughs> um and i would put a song out called boy and it got syndicated on um sirius xm coffee house and it basically floated its way this is a very condensed version because I had met this radio DJ years before. Um, his name's Zach Sang, and the song was syndicated on Coffee House. And I was really good friends with his si- little sister. I know this all sounds very misplaced, but it'll come together. <laughs> um, and he heard the song <laughs> and reached out to me basically and was like, Hey, I really love this song of yours. Do you have a manager? And I was like, No, I don't have anything. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, thank you for liking my song. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was like, Well, I have this guy for you. Um, he met my manager now, Josh Rusak, when he was um, Megan Trainer's day-to-day manager and Megan did Zach's show. Um, and he was like, I just think that you guys will get along. You should just talk. And I started flying back and forth to LA working with um, writers and artists that Josh was putting me in with. And I started kind of like dipping my toe into the LA scene by accident, just because Josh lived there and all of his connections were there. And then... Um, he kept kind of, I kept being like, I want to move to LA. I want to move to LA. And he was like, well, A, you're in school. <laughs> and B, mm-hmm. um, he was really adamant about me having like momentum so that like when I moved there, there was actually stuff happening. Cause I think a lot of times people just make the move and they're like flailing around, like, what do I do now? I want to be a musician. And I think he wanted me to feel like I had some support. So anyway, I eventually I had a set of a trip that I did that we extended a few times because a, a bunch of stuff was happening and he was like, all right, you can move out here now. So, mm-hmm. so, um, so I moved out and before, right before I had moved out, I had met with my publisher and it, again, it was just like a, did you get the publisher while you were in college? Yes, I did sign my deal when I was in college. I met, I met her while I was still like in school and then I moved to LA and what I did was I worked through the summer and the fall online. And I graduated remotely when I was living in LA. Um, And then I signed my deal like the last semester that I was in school. Nice. And my my A&R at the time, she was living in New York. Now she lives in Nashville. So anyway, it's all like the trifecta cities. I somehow managed (laughs) to- Yeah, you really really hit all the stops. Exactly, yeah. What what, uh, publisher are you with? Atlas. Nice. Indeed, yeah. I was, it was recently um, acquired by- uh, Scooter Braun. And I w- didn't even realize that when I was signing with them. And then I ended up being the first signee under his acquisition. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you have you met Scooter? I have not. Not yet. I think, you know, it's like he's a busy man. That's that's awesome. You So so you made made it out. You made the L.A. move. You, uh, you is, is that around the time you met Haley and stuff, too? And I started working with Haley when I was living in New York, actually. Um, oh, cool. Hmm. I'm trying to remember like how that even came to be. I think that Josh knew Peter Zizzo from years before. Um, and then maybe, maybe that's how they connect. I honestly can't remember how Haley even <laughs> got into, into my world, but um, 
I know that I had wanted to like pitch songs to her at first and then eventually we got in the room together and we just we just clicked hard. I mean, she's brilliant. I I Uh, gravitate towards like, yeah, I I like hard gravitate towards artists and musicians that like really just are creatively so outside of the box where I just, Mm. my only job is to like help them like curate exactly what you're saying. Cause it's so Mm. fun for me to help somebody who's kind of like, what I have all these ideas from you. Like, Oh, I got you. (laughs) My organizational brain is like, I got you. I will help you. Virgo. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing is like when when we like first started doing this, I think we were actually pretty discouraged by by the fact that like the the capital P pop stuff didn't come naturally. Yeah. From a production standpoint yeah. and from a writing standpoint. Mm-hmm. And what's been really, really cool is that over the years, we've actually wound up getting more and more work from people who want something that isn't down the middle pop, right, right. something that w- could sort of define their sound and, and organize their sound totally. and, um, and, and say their thing, you know, so it's not the same hook or flip like over and over and over 100%, again, you know? Yeah, yeah. One of the things that really, I think, floored both of us when you showed us, because I remember the one night you just, like at Kier's, you just showed us your record. Like you showed us the project that you're working yeah. on right now and we were losing our shit. Like we weren't, <laughs> we weren't like gassing you up. We were like straight Aww. up, like, like it felt like a moment of like hearing something Thank like a you. potentially massive record. Wow. early. That is, and wow. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm not even just saying that. The guy, that I, I'm just saying that as facts. Like I'm not even taking mm. the thank you because <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just it a fact. Just, I yeah. have to say and, thank you though. Cause like when you're <laughs> on the other end of it and you're the person putting all the energy and the heart into it to get that kind of feedback actually really is impactful. Like you have no idea. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> well, the thing we appreciated was that like we've been chewing at the bit of, of how like a lot of producers, ourselves included are that are now making great records came up in this era of mid two thousands pop punk yeah, yeah. from like, you know, Lincoln park and a day to remember and say anything to Avril Lavigne and my girl certain certain songs on Kelly Clarkson's record. Oh, you know, yeah. like you Hell can't yeah. forget about our queen. Oh, Haley our Williams. queen Haley Williams. Literally, my three like three of the most pe- people that influenced my sound the most. You just name them all: <laughs> Paramore, <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Huge. Did you, and meet, Taylor did, you meet Haley, did you meet Haley in Nashville? No, I wish. Oh my god, uh, I don't know what I would I do with we, myself. I, there's a couple people on my list, like of people that I'd meet that I wouldn't know what to say. For sure. Like Taylor Swift, I can't do it. It's not going to happen. And I've seen her interact with fans and videos and stuff. She's like the chillest, like most patient person. I wouldn't, I would be like, listen, I I I couldn't even voice this, but I'd be like, I have so many things to ask you and to say, but nothing's coming out of my mouth. So this is not, there's no point in this. (laughs) It's kind of an impossible, it's an impossible thing. I I never want to meet uh, Justin Vernon, like Bon Iver. Oh, no. Nah. Like I just, I don't, like I I have nothing to say to you. you. I have like, I. Everything but nothing. Yeah there's, yeah, there's like nothing good I could say that yeah. like, because you're not a human to me. Like, yeah, exactly. I, like, exactly. There's certain like, people you don't want to actually humanize that much because of how kind of mythical they're, they're and magical. On they're your 100%. Yeah. I'm so with you. <laughs> but all to say, all of, all of this to say that yeah, your record really hit us that like, yeah, this was really influenced by... Avril Lavigne and by by Haley Williams by stuff that we grew up listening to as opposed to reacting to what's whatever's now. coming out now right right yeah. Um, yeah. but with such a with such a, a current sound to it oh thank you um, and and also I mean we're theory nerds so like the little chromatic <laughs> thing you do in Cruel World we were right. like you know like <laughs> stoked about. Cruel 
Well, it's just, it's, yeah, it's musically so rich. Oh, it's like a guitar solo at the end of Thousand Parties. I'm like, <laughs> exactly. yeah. It's sick. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just, I think the big part of it is like what I grew up listening to mostly was a combination of like, Britney Spears, Taylor Swift, the pop, the pop in sync, the poppy popist of it all combined with what you're saying. Like, um, I went through my own emo scene phase. <laughs> so obviously Paramore and I, I went through the Avril Lavigne. I went through even Kelly Clarkson, but then combined with like all my brother would listen to was like Green Day or ACDC and Led Zeppelin. And so I had right. like a real, I feel like my heart's always been in pop, but I've had a taste for the kind of grunge and the edge and like watching Haley Williams perform is like my my dream oh like my that that's like <laughs> would be the iconic like scenario for me so like I think just my taste was formed based on pop and rock truly just like fused together and so all the melodies that I naturally am inclined to come up with and the things that I find to be the coolest and the most inspiring tend to be like guitar solos or like chromatic melodies or like and we're gonna belt here like you know right. that's just like what i love so it just well I, and when i heard heard the belt on cruel world in the in the pre-chorus I was like, I, 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 no, and I like exchanged a look. Yeah, that was like, yeah, she's our people. Yeah. Like, she's, I was saying, saying to you, actually, like around the time we we like scheduled this, yeah. um, that like I, I woke up with the song in my head after having fa- fallen asleep with the song in my head. Aww, um, thank but like, you. I love, I love that that belt. I love those bi- like intense moments because I feel like a lot of the songs we hear now. It's like it's it's belting and singing for the sake of kind of showing off a vocal right, right. as opposed to what I love about somebody like Haley Williams, which is like an outpouring of emotion. Oh, yeah. thank you. You know, like an anger. <laughs> well, <laughs> I had so much fun. Like you mentioned a thousand parties. I like I had so much fun doing all the little ad libs and like vocal crazy vocal things, like even over the guitar solo, because like it's my favorite stuff like watching on stage is like when a guitarist is playing in part with a vocalist and like they're doing this thing and you're like yeah like all the little (laughs) it's like it's like every instrument and vocal playing in part with one another and I just have so much fun I I so appreciate you commenting on my belt it's taken a very long time for me to get to a place where I'm confident doing it because for a long time like I thought I sounded screechy and like screamy and I you know kids are mean in high school and I got some (laughs) I got some feedback similar to that so I shied away from it for so long even in studios when my job was to be writing melodies I just wouldn't do it and there were a couple circumstances where I was in with producers and I tried it I just gave it a shot and they were like whoa do do that and I was like (laughs) I was like really really should I do that (laughs) and it just took a couple people being like you sound great when you do that for me to be like okay I just gotta like perfect it and hone in on it and work on my control and I definitely feel that I've grown a lot with that element of my voice we we were kind of just like it was like drilled into us that it's not quote unquote like pop yeah to you know because we we started in the kind of like bedroom pop like um hype machine hype machine era band of, camp yeah. of pop yeah you know right so, when Spotify playlist started existing so uh-huh. like it wasn't cool to lose your shit <laughs> you know, to, to, to lose your cool or whatever. It wasn't pop. Yeah. But in this, like, in the new record that we're working on, like, we've been 
belting. We've been Hell yelling. Yeah. We've been doing gang vocals and stuff like that because that's so that's what well, that's what got our blood boiling. Yeah, listening to stuff when we were kids, yeah, you know, and same. and and even now, you know, like yeah, hundred um, percent. So it was just it was very it was very cool to hear your record and also very validating. Oh, like it felt you. like it felt like like some of the people that we you know admired and respected the most were moving in a direction. That, that felt like home to us, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's just the thing that happens, right? As creatives, as we get older, we, as we age into our success within our creative industry, yeah. we start bringing in elements of the stuff that raised us, just like a natural part of the process. I, I think I just got really lucky too with my producer. Like it was like an act. Yeah. Cruel World was the first song we ever wrote together. It was like, we just were thrown in a session and that's what we came up with. And for me, that song was like, oh, this is my guy. Like, this is my sound. He gets it. Like the biggest tip off for me. And I tell him this all the time was like, as an artist, I'm a little like controlling. I say that in one of the lyrics of my songs too. <laughs> it's, I mean, not as an artist, as a human being, I'm controlling, but, um, I have a lot of like ideas, especially when it comes to production. And the first draft I got back of Cruel World, I had like a list of notes that I was like, Hey, can we try this? And I, I was used to having producers kind of like take some of them, but not all of them. And I like got on a call with him and I would be like, Hey, would you be down to try this? And he'd be like, yeah. And then I'd be like, okay, cool. What about this? He'd be like, mm -hmm, done, got it. And it was like, yes, after yes, after yes. And I was like, oh my God, is this what it's like to work with somebody who's like trusts you and respects you as the artist? And like, he did everything yeah. on my list and I got it back and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And we just had such a great working relationship. <laughs> like we have great chemistry. We we can like read what the other person's going to do next and like um, what the other person will find cool. And I, I just got so lucky. He's so freaking brilliant. I mean, that's a kind of soulmate. I mean, yeah, I, really like, we, you know, in a sense, we kind of like found it within each other. Yeah. But like, I, I know that even just from the chemistry of some of the, the folks we work with, that like yeah. there are people where it's like, I will, I will go down every single rabbit hole because I trust- right that you will tell me exactly yeah. where we, when we find the thing you're looking for. Yeah. And then there are people where I'm like, I don't trust you know what you're looking for. Yeah. And, and in, that, yeah, that's a huge dichotomy. And in this case, it was like the whole project besides Cruel World, Cruel World's the only song that we didn't write in quarantine. Like he lives in Nashville, I live in LA and we've had a lot of opportunities to work together in person. So I know what he's capable of and the level of trust that you have to feel, <clears throat> I think to work with somebody on Zoom or on FaceTime is yeah, like, especially yeah. as a producer, cause you're getting like really minimized, like compressed quality sounding stuff through your headphones, through like a delay. There's so many elements that like you can't control. A lot of it is just trusting that the person on the other end is like getting your vision and is going to get it there with you. And everything we did th through quarantine, like was a matter of me being like, okay, it's not where I want it to be right now, but I know when I get this bounce, it is going to be because he he knows what I'm thinking. Like I would be right. like, oh, do you mind if we actually do like an extra fill uh, mm -hmm. or like like a drum fill or like a riser at this point? And he's like, I'm way ahead of you. And he'll play it back. He's like, and he's, <laughs> it's already in there. And I'm like, OK, great. <laughs> like, so, well, that. it's, you know, as a songwriter that like your job in a session is to make the room sparkle with electricity mm. like your job as a, as a songwriter and as a producer yep. is to like get the vibe in the room to feel right totally and that's so hard with zoom but if you have that chemistry you can make the third room of this zoom room yeah <laughs> yeah have that same electricity i mean it's a it's a skill it's a skill that uh, we, we've we're struggling with currently yeah. Yeah. but it's a skill that like with the right people is 
second nature. It's not not something you even have to think about. So I, it's really exciting that like the, that you found that. Yeah, I, I think did. it shows in the record. Like they're like the, the record, your record, the record slaps. It's like so it good. sparkles, it shimmers. It, it's heartbreaking. It's angry. It's 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 it, you feel everything. Yeah, and, that's the frustrating, and, and it's biting and funny. That's, areas that's the too, frustrating yeah. part about you is that you're not just like a nutso like you don't just have a nutso artistic vision and like a nutso <laughs> voice, and you're not you're not just great with melodies and clearly have a producer brain that allows you to create this very defined sonic palette. Your actual pen game, like your your, yeah. your lyric writing, is insane. Oh, thank and it's just you like so how much. like like you know how is one human just such a well contained like. Uh, <laughs> proficient artist well thank you for saying all of that it's it's <laughs> definitely not a it's not a single person game like i it's about being able to collaborate and know oh, and and like knowing like how where you fit into the room and stuff and like i i appreciate that like on such a crazy level because i am so, <laughs> i'm a songwriter like through and through i think that's why right. i've mentioned taylor swift several times <laughs> because because <laughs> she's like the example of like writing that i followed and why i even became a writer to begin with and the creation process for me is the most fun. Like I'm a writer. I'm a, I'm an artist because of like the whole, exactly what you're saying. Like I have the whole vision I, I feel uh, in what I'm trying to accomplish. But like I feel at home when I'm like coming up with cool melodies and coming up with lyrics. And this process was really interesting for me, especially because like I've been a writer for other artists the last couple of years and, and I still am. But like that was my main focus and shifting into a space where I was like, this is my time to ask myself, what do I want to say? Like, what do I have to say to people? I've been asking these artists what they want to say. And mm -hmm. I got to be selfish and be like, what do I want to say? Like, what do I have to say? And like the intro to my record, like I was really adamant about making every line asking myself, if somebody didn't know me, what would I want them to know about me? If I wasn't afraid, mm, if I wasn't huge. afraid to say it, if I wasn't scared of the consequences, like what would be the sentences that I would want people to know about me? And the first thing I say is, hi, nice to meet you. I've never been in love. Hi, nice to meet you. I've never been in love. I promise everyone that myself is enough which is hilarious <laughs> because if you've heard all the singles, you're like, it sounds like she's been in love. Like she's been through some stuff. And I go on to just like, you know, list facts about me. Like I say, I'm not OCD, but my friends will tell you I'm controlling. Like there's so many, there's so many lyrics that are just like, oh, I mean, like there's, I would be terrified to say them. I think face to face to somebody, but when you write them in a song and, and lyrics and they piece together so well, it's like something really beautiful about the vulnerability and having the space to be like, this is what I want to say. I'm I'm an artist and like, here's what I want you guys to know. And also leaving the space for people connect to connect to it was like so freeing. I mean, so freeing. Well, and that's, I think, the difference between being a songwriter and being an artist is that when you're writing for other people, you're, you're understanding a kind of translation. You're understanding yeah. a kind of empathy. When you're writing for yourself, I mean, you're applying that same empathy to to like cutting out the parts of you that maybe maybe you're not happy are there or just like getting yourself out of a moment, but totally. also broadly having a very clear vision for yourself as an artist. Like yeah. I feel like the difference, yeah, like if you're, if you're just a songwriter until you have a vision for what makes 
a song, your song. Yeah. And it took um, time. I, like it took practice for me because I, and I, I'm so grateful for all the time that I spent just writing for other artists and writing for pitch. Cause I had no, no idea what my sound was. I had to, I had to practice and try a bunch of things to know what it wasn't and being able to determine like, Oh, I love this kind of style but I love listening to it, but it's not my style. Like that's right, a big thing. No, There's right. a lot of artists that even I work with that like they'll bring in songs like, oh, I love this sound. And it's like a rap song or something that's freaking awesome. And it sounds so cool, but there's no elements of it that like I could imagine like, or they could even imagine for themselves. They just like the song. And sometimes that works and you find little elements of it to incorporate. But a lot of the times I feel like it's just like, what? how are we finding the difference between what we like to listen to versus what is actually authentic to Definitely. us and feels real. You yeah. Know? That's a really tricky thing. And, and yeah, you know, our, our early stuff was like, there were a lot of sad songs and, and for a while I, I wondered why, despite the fact that it felt like it was being authentic, yeah. I didn't feel like I connected to it. And, and I feel like when you're kind of writing specifically about like how you think you're supposed to be feeling about something. Yeah. It's not, it's not, you don't have, there's almost going to be a disconnect. 100%. I think our, our newest stuff, like I've, you know, and I hear it in your stuff too. In our newer stuff, I'm like angry. Like mm. there's, there's an <laughs> anger in there because yeah. I'm, I mean, we, we've, we've hung a couple of times. Like I'm a very happy guy. Yeah. I'm very like, <laughs> like I, I, I love, you know, like just cracking jokes and whatever. Mm. And, and I know that if I let myself get angry about anything, like that is a road that I can't go down. Yeah. So it's been nice. Like it's you been have nice an outlet to, for it. to have an outlet for right. it. But, but that's the thing is that it's not something that is c commenting on how I'm feeling. It's, it's something that's commenting on something that like, that is almost in the periphery of feeling. Totally. It's something that like you, you, you didn't even know you could name mm. until you were in this world that you can write. Yep. So I, I definitely feel everything that you're saying about, yeah. about writing, especially writing for yourself. It's like, do you write how you feel or do you write how you're, you write the thing that you're even afraid to like even broach the subject of, you know? Totally. There was a point in like where I thought I was done with the project where I met with my publishers and they asked me the question, like, you know, you're, you're writing great songs, but like you have to like, I don't remember exactly what their words were, but it was something along the lines of like, what do you want people to know about you though? Because I was so used to writing like for other people and, and, and the mindset of like, oh, we got to phrase this in the way that'll be the vaguest and most relatable. Right. And I was afraid to even like put in specifics about my own life. And like, and I just kept just trying to write it in the frame of like writing a pop song. And it was like, it took them saying that to, for me to feel like, oh, I forgot. Like I can actually write like a lyric that's specific to me. Like, again, I make a Taylor Swift reference. Like she did like with you belong with me, like you wear, <laughs> she wears short skirts. I wear t-shirts. Like, I don't know, even those sorts of things. I think I probably would have been afraid to say like specific, actual, true elements because I was like, well, what if that person doesn't wear short skirts? Are they going to relate to it? And it's like, <laughs> I was in this box for a little bit. And I think it, um, having that conversation allowed me to be like, okay, you know what? I can say like, I can say this line that maybe somebody doesn't directly have that exact experience, but they know the feeling behind it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and we, you know, we, we come from a background of film too. And one of the things that I love about, even in like, say something like documentary, even in something that's quote unquote true, there will always be some form of editing. And no matter right. what, whenever you're editing, you are telling a kind of lie yeah. but in a weird way, editing and, and, you know, sort of how you shape and, and structure a story is, lying to to find a truth yeah 
And so like, you know, to, to what, you know, to Taylor Swift's line, it doesn't matter what anybody's wearing yeah. because the truth that she's trying to say runs deeper totally. than the, the, like the specifics of what somebody is wearing, you know, and, and we've written really, really personal songs where we're, you know, where we say, well, here are the details and they're not all factually true, but, right. but the truth of what is being said is, is there, totally, you know, totally, totally. I'm so with you. Do you have a favorite song on the record and do you have a favorite line from that song? My favorite song changes by the week, but I was just thinking (laughs) really because like they all offer something totally different. And there's days where I'm in the mood to listen to something that's like so fun and stuff. And um, I would pick that one. But like I think recently I've been really excited and terrified to put out this song called Change For Me that I wrote about my dad. And it's it's framed in a way where people probably wouldn't know that it's about my dad. They might think it's about a relationship or anything. And I think that's probably my favorite, at least this week, (laughs) because um, (laughs) the process that went into writing that was like, well, it was strenuous. I mean, it was really difficult because um, I have a very complicated relationship with my dad and um, we're in a place now where we get along and um, we find ways that we can connect. But as many of us have struggled with like our relationships with our parents like there have been issues and and pain that like ultimately ends up uh coming up later in your life as an adult so I think that probably was is my favorite I I spent like months just accumulating bits and pieces of information that I wanted to include in it because Mm. it's not one of those things where like you can't break down an entire relationship in like Mm. in two to six hours like you would in a session like I knew that I wanted to just over the course of time jot down things that were important for me to say and important for me to make note of um and so eventually I sat down and was like all right I got to just dive into this I had literally like I still have the note. It's like, you know, on notes, when you scroll, you'd have to scroll up like seven times to get to the bottom of it. There's just so much information. (laughs) I think they're probably my favorite. It's it's basically a song about how you need to let go sometimes in order and and just let go of trying to control the situation and accept that somebody's not going to change in order for you, I think, to grow and even start to build a relationship with that person that you need to. A lot of it is like meeting the person where they're at. Um, yeah. mm. but the bridge in that song lyrically is like, st- always stands out to me. I think the line that hits me the most is, uh, I blame you for me missing the signs. I blame you for ruining guys for me. I hate you for trying to change my mind. It's the same move. The line, the particular line that sticks out to me is I saved you, but you won't let go of the gun. I blame you for me missing the signs. Blame you for ruining guys for me. hate you. And it's because mm. it like makes me choked up to say it, (laughs) which it seems really like simple and to the point. But when you spent so much time trying to lift somebody else up, I think in any relationship and trying to support them and make them, um, believe that, you know, you're not going anywhere or that you love them and you support them, but they're always on guard and they're always like, they have the gun up. You're like, I I'm, I'm your safe haven. I'm the person that like made you feel like everything's going to be okay. Why do you have the gun up at me still? And it was just Mm, like that. It's the last line before the last chorus when I end up really belting and like letting it all out. And it's when I belt and let it all out. It's such a like 
it's such a release because you can hear it in my voice. It's like oh, frustration and sadness and defeat and disappointment. Um, and that line being like, why won't you just let go of the gun? But then me being like, you know, you're not going to change for me in the end. That's, that is the lyric. <laughs> um, I think that's probably my favorite just because every time I sing it, I'm like, whew. I mean, it sh- it shook yeah. us when we heard it. It was it was yeah, incredible. That's, that's Thank you. Yeah. And we 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 both li- I think we both liked you afterwards. Like I'm like, that's not about a guy. That's about <laughs> that's, yeah. about, that's about that's about a, uh, that's about a little more than that. Well, okay. Yeah. What I, what I also appreciate is that like I mean obviously like we said at the beginning we we had heard of you but like we also heard your record immediately upon meeting you. Oh which yeah, I think it's so funny. As an artist, I think it's kind of, it is a kind of a cool way to meet someone. Yeah. Like I, kinda, I honestly, well, cause we were all sharing, we are like, nice to, nice to meet yeah, you. Here's all of our stuff. Here's all of our yeah. stuff. I, I think that's actually a really nice way to get to know someone. Yeah. It's like, I felt like I knew so much about uh-huh. you, who you were and what kind of person yeah. you were and what you had been through. And it's, it's a nice icebreaker. Cause it's just like, oh, now I understand so much more about your energy and your intentions. Thank you. It was, it was really cool to just, be thrown into the deep end. And I feel like by the end of that day, I was just like, this person is my friend. I just Aww. want this person to be my friend. Same, I, same I, I, th- I think ge- generally any <laughs> any friendship should start with, oh, and here's my trauma. Like, <laughs> I feel like friendships should be like handled like The Bachelor, like the bachelor. or The Bachelorette, oh, where totally. it's just like, it's just like, okay, so here's my PTC, my personal <laughs> trauma card, right? Uh, our personal tragedy card. We, we listen to the Game of Roses podcast. So let's shout out to that. Uh, shout out. <laughs> to the Bachelor podcast. Oh, so but, good. Um, I love that show. But, it, but I think there's something to be said about it. It's like, you show this song, it's like, nice to meet you. I'm a songwriter. I write incredible right, right. songs. And by the way, you like, here's a little thing now you know about my my dad. And then Noah plays his song. Mm-hmm. Now you know about my mental illness. Right. Yeah, I play my song. It's like, now you know about my last messed up relationship yeah, and totally. and uh and my parents divorced and then we're done and then we and then we watch the bachelor exactly. that's why that's time. why i like super encourage when people listen to the whole project to listen to the record all of the lyrics in the record because the first thing i say in the intro is hi nice to meet you i've never been in love and everything's true everything you hear is true so if you hear a song like change for me and you're like oh my gosh like this there's so much emotion behind this and power you have to assume it's not about a guy. I said, I've never been in love. So I may not have said this is about my dad, but you could put the pieces together that there's more to it. And that's why I'm like, listen to every lyric because even the songs that you think are about one thing, I don't think so. There's one song on the record. I'm not going to say the name of it because I got to hold on to something here. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it sounds like it's about like a crazy girl and it's a completely satirical song. And it's like, it's like, it's a playoff of like the similar in how um, Taylor Swift wrote Blank Space, but it's satirical and it, it makes me seem like I'm a crazy person basically, but it's, it's supposed to be like making fun of people that have this trope about women being crazy. So just listen, right. listen carefully to everything, you know? <laughs> well, I think it speaks to your, your, your skill and your craft as a writer that you're able to write these songs that people might at face value take a certain way and enjoy a, within a particular context or with yeah. a particular lens. But for the people who actually are, you know, are going to be going on genius and arguing in the comments about what the <laughs> lyrics mean, that That's there's my a lot to be unpacked there. <laughs> oh, de- I mean, oh, definitely. As an occupational hazard, I listen to lyrics like I know that there are people who are like, well, I don't really hear the lyrics the first right, couple times. Right. I'm like, no, that's all I'm listening to. And if and if they're not yeah. good, then I'm like, oh, well, at least the hook melody was <laughs> fine, <laughs> right? You know, hearing great lyrics. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like you think you're never gonna see a great movie again. Like you think uh-huh. you're never gonna like yeah, watch yeah, like yeah. a great. Like you you finish a television right. show you love. You're like, I'm never gonna see something that good again. And then you're always just like, oh right, like 
I will again. Uh, there have been That's lyrics. I feel when I I'm write like, a song, yeah. I'm always like, "Oh, I'm yeah. never gonna write something that good again." <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, I feel that. I every feel songwriter like is like, "Well, that's and, it." For me. And every, every week that passes, I prove myself correct. Uh, <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> no, it's not true. I want to give myself a like a you know like a day since like act like a workplace accident oh, yeah, yeah. counter like a day since, like how many days has it been since I wrote something decent counter? Uh, yeah, it's been 15. Oh no, I would, since I wrote a decent. I would lyric. literally be so depressed. I can't do that. I, then I'll, as as a result, I end up listening to my songs like, oh, so many freaking times in the car. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to my own record. It's embarrassing because I'm just trying to chase <laughs> that feeling of like, oh, remember when I did something good? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, li- listen, <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the song that I showed you when you came over, I listened to it almost every day because I'm like, oh my God, that was the last good thing that I wrote. I <laughs> that think. song is so good. <laughs> you, you, know? you have to send At that le- to me. <laughs> We just got actually. I just got cellos on it. So, uh, <gasps> oh. I'm gonna like organize the cellos. We're putting we're putting cellos on change for me. I'm so excited. Yes. Hey, if you need if you need a great cello player, shout out to Isaiah Gage. Yo, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear your version. I'm so excited. But you know, and then my my brain's like, well, at least you're level 220 in <laughs> Overwatch, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> See, that I don't have great, that. Jimmy. I go, well, at least I have a cute dog. That's my thing. And, and actually, that's a wonderful segue because <laughs> right before we start the question round, I had to ask you a very, yeah. very oh, important yes, question. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. How's banana? Tell thank, us thank about banana. Thank you so banana. much for asking. Um, I've come to a point where I'm realizing that what if people don't actually love me for me and they just they just love my dog? <laughs> um, I literally was my friend. I was going to hang out with her tonight and she was like, there's been a request that you bring banana. I'm like, that's funny. Would If I didn't bring her, would you still want me to come over? Like hypothetically? And she's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, my dog is phenomenal. I For those who don't know, and I don't know how you couldn't because she's the star of the world. I was just fostering her for quarantine and um, that did not work. I did not end up just fostering her. I adopted her. She's perfect. Truly perfect. Like, you know how everybody says their dog is perfect? My dog is actually perfect and Noah and Nate can attest to it. (laughs) Yep. Can't Can't you? She's perfect. Sorry, I just just sneezed. Um, Uh, I I love your dog so much. Thank you. I I, I loved your dog this much, and then uh, you started talking for banana, and then I, <laughs> I realized that banana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like I, I would say something, and you'd be like, "Well, can can you do it? Can you do the banana?" Yeah, voice? I have like a banana voice, and she only knows like a few words in my head. She just knows like okay, and like why, <laughs> or and then every once in a while she'll go, she'll go, "I'm banana." <laughs> I'm banana. Oh my God. And, that, and in my head, she doesn't know how to say anything else. So anytime, because she has such like joy in her eyes, I'll be like, oh, okay, we're going to go outside now. And I just hear, like, she'll look at me and I just know she's going, okay. <laughs> or she'll, and then she'll go, why? <laughs> so so, so I, like, like we were, we were, we were going, you're like, banana says, bye. And I'm like, yeah, bye banana. And you're like, you know, that's what she said though. Like I'm right. not making it up. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you have, you have a bond with her. Like I, I, I completely trust you as a representative Thank of you. this animal. Thank you. I, she does have an Instagram. I'm going to plug it. Banana loves peanut yeah, butter. Oh, please do. Make sure you guys follow it. Um, banana loves peanut butter. I have a fan page that literally makes posts about my dog. I'm like, this is, this has gotten too far. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but that's what you want. That's no, I know. Yeah. And then I repost those those photos, not the ones of me, but of my dog. Cause I'm like, wow, this is such a good edit. <laughs> you're, you're perpetuating, you're perpetuating the dog stardom. Exactly. I think, I think banana should have a pub deal. I mean, yeah. you know, she, she's in all my sessions. She should straight up be getting publishing. Talk about, you know, there's songwriters that are signed cause they just like bring the energy. Talk about my dog right. bringing the energy. Like 
<laughs> no kidding. These well, we all, are- <laughs> and we all know those publishers, and I won't say which, that put somebody in the room who doesn't write, but still takes a certain percentage for the publisher. That's what so I'm might saying. as well have it be uh, your dog, you in, know? In my head, though, I don't even think this is just me. My dog is so unimpressed by the fact that, like, I'm a musician and this is my job. Like, because she hears me sing all the time, like, and, and she hears my songs all the time. And she always just looks at me like she's annoyed. Like, she's like are you done <laughs> all the time in my head do you, do you find that do you find that humbling do you find I, that, that it's, helps, it's that helps exactly what i need. as an artist yes it is exactly <laughs> yeah. what i need i i do not need her hyping me up she's all she cares about is if i'm happy really and that's cool that's exactly how it should be oh that's really sweet <laughs> well on, on on that note are you and banana ready for the question round The question oh, round. ready. So ready. First question. What is your phone background? It is Rick and Morty right now. Ooh. Oh, geez. That's really awesome. Oh, my gosh. That was so impressive. <laughs> that's my like party trick. What's Whoa. The, what's, what, and what, it, is it just an illustration of Rick and Morty? Yeah, I just every fun? once in a while, I, I'm a person that gets so tired of my I'm on my phone all the time and I get so tired of it. I have to change it yeah. constantly. Sometimes I'll just go on settings and like adjust the font size, adjust the bolt, like because I just get bored and right. I just want to see something new. I need to refresh it. So like I, I literally changed it today. But yesterday it was Gilmore Girls. I, I just try nice. to put up things that like make me happy or like bring me joy and i love ah, i hear you dog I, I can totally relate to that I, I get bored all the time but i also love rory gilmore you know every time i see you now i'm gonna make you do that with everything <laughs> you say i'm i'm so sounds thrilled don't, don't encourage it sounds good <laughs> be careful what you wish for i used to do it before shows and noah at one point pulled me aside he's like you're not going to be able to sing if you do that before the show no you that's why people are coming to the show they want to hear that I'm that's like, the opening uh, act no, but I would be Honestly. like, before we even go on, I'd be like, ah, I'm really nervous to go on stage, guys. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and then you like straight, like, straight your voice. Scoob. Imagine that story. You get on stage, you're like, I actually can't sing, guys. Sorry, I was just trying to do a Rick and Morty impression in the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a valid excuse, I yeah. think. All right, Maggie, do you have a non-musical hobby? Um, yeah, uh, Yes, but it's a little embarrassing. It's not really embarrassing, but it is. Kind. <laughs> Um, I'm, the more embarrassing, the better. <laughs> I'm really into Soul Cycle. Um, oh. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. <laughs> it's pretty. I sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. I didn't mean to laugh. I no, no, no. Laugh. It's fine. No, it's I, fine. I, I like here, here. Okay, so no, the reason the reason I laugh is because I I bike every day. I bike like yeah. a, like a couple miles a day. Right, right. Um, I'm 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 I would call myself a cyclist. Right. And I I, I like I'm laughing because I, I can't I don't get it. Like my favorite part of biking is the changing of the scenery going I can explain like it to you if you somewhere. want I'll tell you exactly why it's fantastic so <laughs> basically I realized like I really really love exercise it took me a while I've had a long relationship with like body image and food and and all this stuff and it took me a while to actually like exercise and I realized the only types of exercise I like are rhythmic exercise. So like I love huh. horseback riding, for example, because you, it's on a beat basically. And like with SoulCycle, the whole premise is that you're biking, you're pedaling to the rhythm of the music. That's literally like their whole thing. And so for me, it's like meditative and I'm just zoning out listening to the great music. And it's like, I don't even feel like I'm working out half the time. But my best friend was a SoulCycle instructor for 10 years. I met oh, wow. her, long story. And um, she quit during covid uh, and so I bought a soul cycle bike. And so there's literally a soul cycle bike in my tiny apartment that I, that I ride 
all the time. And it's like, Listen, respect. I, 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 I appreciate that. Actually, I'll do when, when, when a bounce is ready, I'll do like the studio test, the car test and the bike test. Oh, like, does this right. feel really good to bike to? Will you bike to one of my songs and let me know what you think? Cause I'm trying to figure I, it out. I, as I actually, the other day was biking the cruel world and I'll tell you it, it slaps. It's great. Oh, I, thank I, you. Hit, I hit a hill like right as like the, the vocoder comes in on the chorus oh, and it was hell awesome. Yeah. <laughs> my friend Maya, who is the instructor, um, she used to like play my unreleased demos in class for like groups of people and <laughs> that people would come up to her afterwards and be like, what's that song? And she'd be like, Oh, I can't tell you. And it was so fun. <laughs> it was, and then she, it, she'd always pick the songs that had like the highest BPM too. So I was like dying during them. <laughs> so fun. So fun. Next right. question. Next question. Okay. Most important, arguably. Most important, argue, arguably question. So really, really think about your answer. Okay. Would you, would be, you be a pirate? <laughs> I knew it was going to be something like this. <sighs> I'm thinking, you know, I don't think so. But not like I want to say yes just to get the street cred. But the reality of it is that I'm a I'm quite afraid of the ocean. I like looking yeah. at it from afar. But God forbid we're in a crazy storm out out on oh, the yeah. ocean. I, I would hate that. I can't get thrown off that boat. I'm done. Like <laughs> talk about anxiety. I do not want to die drowning. That's oh like, no, that is I will do everything in my power as a human being to not die drowning. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to be a pass. But let it be known that for street cred purposes, yes. I would be. <laughs> You'd be definitely a landlubber pirate. You definitely have pirate energy. Oh, yeah, I see that. I can see that. I'm honored. I feel you like could you, play a pirate on TV. I feel like oh, you download yeah. a car. Yeah, you would download a car. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any tattoos? If so, what is your first? I do. I have three tattoos. Um, the first one I got is like an embarrassing Pinterest tattoo. I can't even talk about it. I got all my tattoos for reasons, which I'm really glad about. Because even though it's a stupid, boring Pinterest tattoo, I did still get it for a reason. Um, it is, it's like a G and then a greater than sign and then an up arrow and a down arrow. And it means God is greater than the highs and the lows. And it was like mm. during a time that I was really struggling with an eating disorder and I overcame it and I went through recovery and I got the tattoo in honor of like, I can overcome all things shitty <laughs> and have yeah. and continue to and then the other one i have all of them are like super deep and the problem is that like people tend to ask about tattoos when you're like in party settings like right, they, like it's right. almost like a flirty thing people be like what's your tattoo mean and i've had and you're to, like here's my trauma but that's hey, that's the, the bachelor side you got to show your ptcs early you know yeah. so i started telling them so there's one tattoo that's even more deep it was like the, the I had like a nanny that because my mom was a single mom for most of my upbringing, she helped raise me. And when she passed away, I had a voicemail left on my phone that she left. And it was um, saying just like that she loves me and to call her back. And I had it turned into a sound wave and tattooed on my wrist. That's um, awesome. But people always see the sound wave and they're like, that's really cool. What's that? And I, I have to lie because you can't be like, it's my dead nanny, like at a party. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I just say it's um, I'm a slave for you by Britney Spears in waveform. That's awesome. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then the other tattoo is on my finger and it's ny uh for new york just because like i think i feel the most connected with new york as a city that's awesome I, I, those are those are those, those are really are great, great. the sound wave is something i hadn't even thought of oh, but that's thanks. that's i i have um i haven't gotten a tattoo yet um oh yeah i think i saw it when we when yeah. were hanging out yeah yeah the and i was like so what's that and you're like it's no, did I, I lie you're, what you're, did i say no you're no you told you told the you told the truth oh, okay uh, probably because i trust you it would be really funny if you admit if this was the moment i realized you lied to us sometimes i ask people do you want the lie 
lie or the truth? And that always interests them. <laughs> and they usually say both. <laughs> yeah, I have like I think for me, like if I were to get a tattoo, it'd have to be. You some don't have sort one. Of, like, a, no, I don't. Oh, wow. Um, okay, interesting. It's partially like I'm I'm Jewish, so there's like there was nobody in my family was like don't do it, but nobody in my family like has one. Right, right, right. So it was just kind of like uh, you know, there's a lot of c- complicated stuff around Judaism and tattoos for some reason. Actually not for some reason, for for both fair reasons. Uh Torah reasons and right. World War II reasons. Fair. Um okay. so, you know, but but I but I would always want like I always wanted something objective, like something yeah. that like like something that was in somebody's handwriting or, you know, a yeah, waveform or something like New that. My New York is my handwriting actually. Yeah, that because that, that for me is like you can't mess that up. Because totally, it's like totally. the imperfection yeah, of it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an aesthetic piece of yeah, art. Yeah. It's like totally. if I were to get a lion and then like see a better lion, I would lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. I get that completely. Like I, wanna, I, would go, I would actually go crazy. <laughs> I want to be tatted up. Like I want to be like Julia Michaels with like the whole sleeve and stuff. The problem is that I have a horrific phobia of needles. I don't even know how mm. I got through <laughs> like the tattoos that I do have. I just, there's no way I could get through it. And also I kind of like that my music's like grungy and like edgy and rock, but then I have like a dog named Banana and I like do Soul Cycle because I like throwing people off. Like yeah. I dress, I dress with like chains and like, like dark eyeliner and then I have like a dog named banana and like I'm not tatted I feel like it adds to the aesthetic of like let's throw people off I think there's something powerful about that Uh, thank you yeah definitely definitely. yeah let's mix it up I feel like I feel like a lot of producers are nerds like that I love that you know like like, you you, you lean into you lean into what you are but that doesn't mean you can't have fun with the project yeah exactly yes 100% I'm so with you All right, this is an important question that I'm very excited to hear your answer on what is your go-to karaoke song you know what it's so funny I literally was just thinking about this the other day because people are always like oh my gosh you're a singer like we should go and do karaoke like obviously not during COVID post-COVID but I don't understand that that theory because I'm like nobody wants to go do karaoke with people that can sing like you want to go you want to go and do karaoke with like horror like we're all drunk and just like like wailing the songs. Oh well, so, well, I can't sing, so that's half the fun. It's like I'll go, I'll be like, I'm singing "Come Come Clean" by Hillary Duff. Like, that, that's the race. That's, oh, that's, that's why. But see, that's, that's the fun part. That's why my go-to karaoke song is Mr. Brightside because that's not singing. Oh, that's amazing. Right. Yeah. So see, so to answer your question, I because of that, I've been working really hard to try and come up with a good answer because I I there are songs that I love just like singing full out, but nobody wants to hear you do that. So I really yeah. I haven't been able to come up with a good like ironic one that would be fun mm. for like a good singer. I probably would pick like Bleeding Love if I was going to like sing like nice. the same thing. Yeah. I, yeah, cu- yeah, I did okay. a little TikTok cover of that the other day and I had so much fun singing it, <laughs> especially because <laughs> like I, I will say like she has the most like unique w- voice, like the way she pronunciates things and stuff that I think I'd have a lot of fun just like trying to channel my Liana Lewis, you know? Right. What's your first concert? My first concert was Hillary and Haley Duff. The, the sister what? tour. Yep. What? And I just so I distinctly remember it because it was like my birthday present and I went and like got my hair done and like my mom was in the hair salon being like, she's going to her first concert and all this stuff. And um, we sat really close and I remember I touched Hillary Duff's hand and Haley, I counted, I touched Haley Duff's hand like eight times. And I Hillary forgot Duff about Haley once. Duff. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't forget Haley. Oh my gosh. And then I went back to school, <laughs> went back to school the next day and I was like, I touched their hands. And then I found out that another girl had like backstage passes and I was I was so livid because I was like wow. <laughs> here I was like excited that I had like touched their hands and ugh, so rude anyway it was such a great experience come clean hit me in such a 
profound way. It was the first record. Metamorphosis was the first like CD I bought for like my CD, portable CD player. And I was so inspired, like so transfixed by the lyrics. Like I was so like blown away by this song that I actually wrote out, hand wrote out the lyrics to show my friend. Oh, incredible. I was like, like Paige, you have to hear this song. Oh, like, that's so but, special. But like if you can't hear it, like read these lyrics. Aren't they so special? Like, wow. You know, and that was my first experience of like songwriting. <laughs> Incredible. Was transcribing, uh, was transcribing Hillary Duff. I don't even think I told you that. No, that's I didn't know that. <laughs> Which, like, I feel like, I feel like the funny thing is now that, like, if someone pitched any of those lyrics to you in a session, you would shoot them down. I mean, yeah, but like, it was, but hell. it was also ahead of its time. I mean, in a, yeah, in a sense. if somebody pitched that to me five years ago, I'd be like, hell yeah, yeah. It's such a good it's song. A, I was very I, much a Carrie <laughs> Diaguardi song. I was just gonna say, yeah, yeah, fire. What are your three thoughts at this very moment? Go lightning round. My phone's dying. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Isn't that embarrassing? Um, I'm so upset that those are the three thoughts on my mind. They should be like, my record is coming. <laughs> wait, wait, no, no, wait. So what were the three thoughts? The three thoughts is my phone is dying? My phone's dying. My oh, phone's that's dying. All, those are all three thoughts. I love it. Isn't I love that it. sad? The last question of the Talking Lion question round is, what are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward to? I mean, in an obvious answer, putting my music out, but like to get more like deep and genuine about it. Like I've been working on music for so long long my own music like I I put out a song in 2019 or maybe even earlier than that that was the last single I put out before this this project so like now moving into a place where I have a whole project and like a whole record to show people is like it's just so special and I'm I really cannot wait I'm really looking forward to people hearing what's on my heart in a genuine way that's honest truth well Maggie Emlyn we are we are (laughs) Huge fans and also Aww. very grateful to be friends. The feeling we is mutual. To, thank you. We, we hope to write in the future. We hope we to, shall. you know, for, for many more uh, sharing music sharing experiences. And we're, we're just going to be biking along to and, and blasting your record when oh, it's out. So thank um, you. for anybody listening, check out anything that's out. Listen to the lyrics. And Maggie, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a fun, fun chat conversation. And I appreciate you guys so much. You're so talented and brilliant. And I love this podcast. Oh, yeah. oh, so innocent. It's a cool world, isn't it? Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking Lion. We'd like to thank Isotope and our Patreon subscriber, Alan C., for their support. If you'd like to show your support, ask our guests your questions, talk to us on Discord, and get a shout-out at the end of each episode, subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash talkinglion. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.